Hello, everyone, and welcome to Penny's Politics. I am your host, Penny Sakura. Listen, there is so much going on, so much to talk about. We got a show to do, y'all. Penny's Politics starts starts now. Today's show is brought to you by Zipcar.com. Earn a $25 free driving credit at www.joinzipcar.com forward slash IU Radio Network. Did you know that Zipcar is the world's largest car sharing network, providing wheels when you want them in over 500 cities and towns, 500 colleges, and at 500 airports? Again, today's show is brought to you by Zipcar.com. Earn your $25 free driving credits at www.joinzipcar.com forward slash IU Radio Network. So, there is so much going on in the news. There is so much going on to talk. This is so much that we're going to talk about today. Um, uh, no phone lines today, you guys. You want to join the conversation, the live blog on in the Facebook group, Penny's Politics is going on right now. You don't know where to find it. Use the search query in the Facebook app. Type in Penny's Politics. Join the group. Jump into the conversation. You can also tweet me at Twitter, at Penny Sikora. Or you can email me, Penny, at IUNewsTalk.com. There is so much uh, that I want to talk about. Uh, but before we get into, you know, some of the, 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 the nonsensical stories, I, mean, I want to I start today on a, on a, on a very serious note, a, a very serious note. Over the past couple of days, our brothers and sisters, our fellow American citizens, in the island of Puerto Rico, have taken a major hit. A lot of the island, most of the islands without power. Some 60% of the residents don't have water. They need food, they need supplies, they need everything. And if you are able to donate, there are several sites in which you can click on and donate to right now. Also. We need to be putting pressure on our leadership to respond. Let's not have this be Katrina 2, to where the response is terrible. You have millions of people essentially left waiting. They need help now. Let's remember, they, these are American citizens. These are our fellow Americans. They need help now. We need to get them help. Mr. President, put down your Twitter fingers and get them some help. This is an opportunity for you to take charge and show leadership. And stop talking about some of the things that are really, in comparison, not important at all. Not at all. They definitely need our help. And for my Christian brethren, 
Prayers are good. I'm not saying don't pray, but also do. Faith without works is dead. Can't pray your way out of hunger. You still got to eat. And these people need, they need help. And so we sh- we need to get them some help. My thoughts and prayers are with uh, my brethren over in Puerto Rico. In any event, so our good leader, and I say that sarcastically, has yet interjected himself into another conversation, as he always does. And we have another major news story surrounding, well, not really surrounding the president. Um, there's some audio I'm going to play. And then we're going to have a discussion about good old Trump. Let's, uh, let's go to the audio. And everyone in this arena tonight are unified by the same great American values. We're proud of our country. We respect our flag. Wouldn't you love to see one of these NFL owners when somebody disrespects our flag to say, get that son of a bitch off the field right now. Out. He's fired. He's fired. You know, some owner's going to do that. He's going to say, that guy that disrespects our flag, he's fired. And that owner, they don't know it. They don't know it. They're friends of mine, many of them. They don't know. They'll be the most popular person for a week. They'll be the most popular person in this country. Because that's a total disrespect of our heritage. That's a total disrespect of everything that we stand for. Okay? everything that we stand for and i know we have freedoms and we have freedom of choice and many many different freedoms but you know what it's still totally disrespectful and you know when the nfl ratings are down massively massively the nfl ratings are down massively now the number one reason happens to be that they like watching what's happening on you know with your screen they like what's happening. This because you know today if you hit too hard, right? They hit too hard. Fifteen yards, throw him out of the game. They had that last week. I watched for a couple of minutes, and two guys just really beautiful tackle. Boom! Fifteen yards. The referee gets on television. His wife is sitting at home. She's so proud of him. They're ruining the game, right? They're ruining the game. Hey, look, that's what they want to do. They want to hit, okay? They want to hit, but but it is hurting the game. But you know what's hurting the game more than that? When people like yourselves turn on television and you see those people taking the knee when they're playing our great national anthem. 
The only thing you could do better is if you see it, even if it's one player, leave the stadium. I guarantee things will stop. Things will stop. Just pick up and leave. Pick up and leave. Not the same game anymore, anyway. So, first of all, he was in Huntsville, Alabama when he made these ridiculous comments, number one. Alabama doesn't have a professional football team, number two. Number three, uh, he was not watching a football game. He did, I doubted if he was watching a football game. There are many, there's, there's a lot of commentary around his comments. Obviously, everyone was having a conversation about it. And as a result, he caused more people to kneel. There were more people uh, locked in arms and united uh, and kneeling. Uh, but I don't, I don't necessarily think that they were kneeling uh, in protest. First of all, I know for a fact nobody was kneeling in protest of the American flag. Please stop it with the lies. Stop it with the lies. The thing that aggravates me the most, so we see this all the time, all the time, is people changing the narrative. If I come up to you and I say, hey, listen, I'm angry at you because you parked in my spot. And you say, oh, you're angry at me because I, I you, you because I drive a car? That's not what I said. You hate cars, sir? That's not what I... Sir, you don't like cars? Hey, people, this guy doesn't like cars. He's anti-automobile. Penny doesn't like cars. I told you I'm angry at you because you're parked in my spot. So, 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 so let me get this straight. You're angry with me because you don't like cars. You don't like cars. What kind of person are you not to like cars, sir? You don't like cars? He's anti-car. You know what? You know what? I'm going to tell you right now, GM employs a lot of people in this here country, and if you don't like cars, you go somewhere with it. You ride the bus, sir. You don't like cars so much that you ride the bus or take a train because, listen, GM has provided a lot of jobs in this country. If you don't like cars, you can go somewhere else, buddy. You can go somewhere else. That's what they're doing with many arguments. They've done it with Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter so much. Uh, why? How come? How? Why for you? How, you don't black on black crime. That's not what Black Lives Matter is protesting. That's not what they're protesting at all. Black Lives Matter was created in 2012 after Trayvon Martin's murderer, George Zimmerman, was acquitted for his crime. And and dead 17-year-old Trayvon was posthumously uh, placed on trial for his own murder. Rooted in the experiences of black people in this country who actively resist our dehumanization, Black Lives Matter is a call to action and a response to the violent anti-black racism that permeates our society. Black Lives Matter is a unique contribution that goes beyond extrajudicial killings of black people by police and vigilantes. It goes beyond the narrow nationalism that can be prevalent within black communities, which merely call on black people to love black, live black and buy black, keeping straight cis black men in the front of the movement while our sisters, queer and trans and disabled folk take up roles in the background or not at all. Black Lives Matter affirms the lives of black queer and trans folk, disabled folk, black undocumented folk, folks with records, women and black, uh, women and all, 
black lives along the gender spectrum. It centers those that have been marginalized within black liberation movements. It's attacked it to rebuild the black liberation movement. Listen, bottom line is this people are changing their narrative. They're saying, no, that's not what they're all about. They're anti-police. And I'm reading straight from their website. I'm reading right from their website. And nowhere in there does it say we hate police. Nowhere in their, their, their documents do they say we hate cops or we hate America. But yet, and still, people are changing their narratives. People are saying, well, what about black on black crime? Look here, buddy, there's black crime. What about Chicago? Do you protest people from Chicago? What about all the crime in Chicago? And none of these people, none of these people that are saying this, none of them are doing anything about urban violence. None of them. Many of them have probably never been to Chicago because they they think the entire city is under siege, which is certainly not true. Chicago is actually a great city. There's a pocket of the city in which there are there are crimes, there are violent a lot of violent crimes, but the overwhelming majority of Chicago is a beautiful place. It's actually a wonderful city. If Chicago was further south of the Mason Dixon. I would live in Chicago. It's a beautiful city, great food, great art. You know, just a ton to do in Chicago. But these people are just trying. They're changing the narrative. They don't know about the several groups. There are a ton of groups in Chicago uh, battling, you know, battling the, 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 trying to battle the violence or the violence problem that is in Chicago. You go to youth.gov, there's a city of Chicago, youth, uh, the city of Chicago's youth violence prevention plan. There have been anti, there are a ton of anti-violence rallies in Chicago, a ton of them. Every other month, it seems that there's an anti-violence rally in Chicago. There are a ton of groups on the ground. Their local churches are on the ground. Local uh, nonprofits are on the ground. Everyone is trying to chip in to do what they can in Chicago. It does not catch the national media's attention. It does not catch the naysayers' attention because the naysayers don't care. They just want to be naysayers. They just want to be naysayers. How, how do I know they want to be naysayers? Well, so the Dallas Cowboys decided that they, they wanted to, to, to show solidarity after the president's nonsensical comments, his ridiculous comments, which, by the way, I've never thought I heard a president say SOB. Never. And this, my friends, is a man that some of my Christian brethren are trying to tell me that this guy is a devout Christian. And listen, I'm not here to speak for Donald Trump's faith. I'm not. I'm not going to say what he is or what he ain't. Because that's not for me to say. The Bible's requirements for, for, for Christianity are pretty simple. So it's not for me to, to judge this man's, to say what he is or what he ain't, unlike the previous president, unlike the Kenyan Muslims, supposedly, that we, that we call. And I don't think, oh, I know Obama's not a Kenyan Muslim. Kenyan Muslims don't, Muslims do not sit in churches for 20 plus years and profess the faith of Christianity. That's not what they do. But in any event, like much like much like almost everything else black, people change the narrative. They change the narrative. That ain't no, that's not what you're about. Nope, that's not what you're about. We're gonna we're gonna give you something else. That ain't your name, boy. Your name, Toby. No, my name Kunta Kente. No, boy, your name Toby. 
on Black Lives Matter. No, boy, your name is Toby. The, the, the narrative has always changed. And so here you have Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick. So let's get back on track here. Because before I talk about the Dallas Cowboys, let me get back on track here. Make my point. Colin Kaepernick decides he's going to kneel. He had done it a few times before it caught media attention. He wasn't he wasn't waving his arms and say, hey, look at me. The media caught caught it, and then all of a sudden, this firestorm breaks loose. Back in what is this August of last year, this is his own words. Uh, so, well, this is the story. San Francisco 49ers quarterback Colin Kaepernick was willingly Im- has willingly immersed himself in the controversy by refusing to stand for the playing of the national anthem in protest of what he deems are wrongdoings against African Americans and minorities in the United States. His latest refusal to stand for the anthem he has done this at least one in one other preseason game came before the 49ers preseason loss to Green Bay at Levi Stadium on Friday night. He said, and I quote, I am not going to stand up to show pride in a flag for a country that opposes, uh, I'm sorry, oppresses black people and people of color. Kaepernick told the NFL media in an exclusive interview after the game, to me, this is bigger than football. and It would be selfish on my part to look the other way. There are bodies in the streets and people are getting paid leave and getting away with murder. This that's what he said. He did not say I hate the flag. He did not say I hate the country. He did not say I hate America. Not one time. Now, I, I didn't hear him say it one time. But people have changed the narrative. They say it because he says he hates the flag. He didn't say I hate the flag. Not what he said. He said, and I quote, I'm not going to stand up and show pride in the flag for a country that oppresses black people and people of color. He didn't say I hate the flag. He didn't say that. And it's a peaceful protest. But people have changed the narrative. But listen, people are going to be mad anyways. They're going to be mad anyways. They don't care what he's protesting about. They don't want him to protest. You don't believe me? So the Dallas Cowboys, as I was as I was alluding to earlier, decided, well, we want to, after the Donald Trump comments, you know, all of, sudden, all of a sudden the entire league is, is unified. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, including Ray Lewis, who, ugh, Ray, whatever, whatever, Ray, you're, I don't take you seriously anymore because you said you would never kneel for the, for the you never kneel and you kneel on both knees, but another story, but so the Dallas Cowboys decided, because Jerry Jones has been clear, no, you don't, you're going to stand for the anthem. My player is going to stand. All right, but he wanted to show solidarity with the rest of the NFL after the president's ridiculous remarks. And he had to find, he wanted to find a compromise to do it, but not disrespect, disrespect the flag. So the Dallas Cowboys came out, owner included, they kneel before the, the, the showing of the flag, before the playing of the anthem, before. And guess what? They were booed. They were booed. People booed. Boo. And then they stood for the anthem. When the anthem was played and the flag was presented, they stood. No, no, they didn't disrespect, but they were still booed. Why were they booed? Why? They didn't disrespect the flag or the anthem, but they were booed. 
Boo! Why? Because people just want to be mad. But to the NFL. So Colin Kaepernick took a knee over a year ago. And a handful of people have since taken a knee. So why why now? Were you really taking a knee in solidarity of Kaepernick? Were you? Or was it something else? Or was it something else? Or was it the president's commentary? What was it that all of a sudden you felt the need to be unified? And listen, I'm not saying you shouldn't show unity in the in the in the eyes of a president suggesting something that is borderline illegal. The NFL does not have rules against people taking a knee. It doesn't have, it doesn't require them to take a stand during the national anthem. Something in the NFL has fake patriotism anyway, because pre 2009 the players didn't even come out of the locker room during the anthem. After the military paid the NFL all that money for all those flyovers and all of the military jet flyovers and all the big flags being shown, which, by the way, are in violation of the, the flag code. All of a sudden, the NFL is just big, this big patriotic place of American patriots. And it just simply is not. It's not always been. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that tradition. I, I, you know, I'm I consider myself to be a patriotic American. I love my country. Disappointed in some things that that have taken place in my country's past. I'm disappointed in some things that's going on in my country's present. But I'm definitely optimistic about my country's future. I certainly recognize that as a country, we have to face our problems head on. We have done this in the past. Unfortunately, it's never come peacefully. It's never come without bloodshed. But we have faced. Our problems. We've dealt with. We've had the difficult conversations, and, but we've never wanted to have. The, we've never wanted to have these conversations. I, I, I'm sitting there and listening to people talk about Dr. King and talk about, oh, Dr. King had purpose. Dr. King had a legitimate. Uh, uh, he had a legitimate goal. He had a legitimate grief. He was. He was a real deal. Not when he was alive. When he was alive, people didn't think that. The majority of these same people were saying. Listen, Martin Luther Coon, you sit down somewhere, boy. You and the rest of your niggers and your nigger lovers, you sit down. You are causing problems. And it wasn't just my, the waste, racist white saying this. Black people were, listen. Black people class me, look, look here, look, Mr. King, listen, Mr. King, I, I respect you. I, you're, you're, a, you're a God-fearing man. I, I think that you need to sit down because you're going to cause me to lose my job. I can't, I can't lose my place of comfort for freedom. I, I just cannot do that. I, I just bought a house. I, you're, you're, you're rabble and you're rousing and you're, I, I, I just can't do that. I, no, Dr. King, you're, you're wrong. I, you're wrong. He had most of the, more, two-thirds of America thought that he was wrong. He was wrong. People look back now and they think that all oh, we all joined arms and sang kumbaya and we shall overcome. And what and, 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 and with a man that we now say is an American hero at the time, negative. Negative. He was very unpopular. Read some of his books. Read Tavis Smiley's book. Read the books about King. Google him. 
He was not popular at all, but now that he's gone, oh, he was so popular, and he's this great man. Let's build monuments and statues to him. And when at the time we didn't appreciate him, we definitely didn't support him because we don't like change. I don't care if it's freedom. This is freedom we're talking about here. Blacks were literally second-class citizens in an apartheid-type system in America, legally. And there were black people saying, look, King, you need to quit. You need to chill out, man. Look, look here. Yeah, I know I can't drink in them bathrooms, but you know what? I'm I got a job, man. I'm comfortable. Leave me alone. Yeah, I know, I know you're I know you're challenging the the written documents, the the you know the Americans founding documents. I get that. I, I know how it's supposed to be. But listen, you know, that that's how that was the reality. And so now people, like-minded people, are saying the same thing. Colin Kaepernick, oh, you're a spoiled rich millionaire. I bet you like those dollars America can give you for on your check. I bet you like those American dollars. Colin, Colin Kaepernick is not saying he hates America. So stop changing the narrative so that you can make him a reason to be mad. Pity, you, 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 you don't like cars? No, sir. You're parked in my parking spot for the 11th time. I'm mad because you are parked in my parking spot, in my driveway, in front of my house. Stop changing the narrative. That is not the narrative. But if you change the narrative, you can get mad. If you change the narrative, you can get mad. And Americans are making up a reason. Some Americans are making up reasons to be angry. They're not they're not mad that they're not mad that 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 he he did disrespect the flag. We have a flag code. And someone was smart enough to point out that even in the flag code Colin Kaepernick isn't disrespecting the flag, but if you listen to this, the flag code, other people are. I'm going to play another clip for you. Twitter calls himself, uh, at, his handle is at Koopa, K-O-O-P-A underscore Kinte, K-I-N-T-E. And I thought he had an excellent point about all this, and there's some visuals here to, um, to demonstrate it. Chapter 10 of the U.S. flag code, right? If, if everyone is very upset about the disrespect shown to the flag by kneeling, there's nowhere in the flag codes to say you can't kneel. I mean, when Tim Tebow kneeled, everyone said that's very respectful, in fact, right? Um, but there are codes against doing with the flag a lot of what the NFL does. Do we have the video? I know we have images. Here we go. Um, the bigger so, the flag, the more patriotic you are, you realize. Right, but in fact, you are not supposed to have the flag that way. The flag, quote, the flag should never be carried flat or horizontally, but always aloft and free. That's from an NFL game. Okay, so that is, that's against the U.S. flag code. Here's Colby. The flag should never be used as wearing apparel, betting, or drapery. But that's, there it is. Uh, the flag should never be used for advertising purposes in any manner whatsoever. It should not be embroidered on such articles as cushions or handkerchiefs and the like. This is from the U.S. flag code. Or otherwise impressed on paper napkins or anything that is designed for temporary use and discard. No part of the flag should ever be used as a costume or athletic uniform. That is it under chapter 10. Thank you, Koopa underscore Kinte for that. I, that I have called people out on what I call fake outrage all the time. Because that's what it is. It's fake outrage. People are really not outraged at the disrespect. They made up, the, they created that narrative so they can push back. You can't push back and say, oh, I, I don't like you for protesting uh, uh, police brutality and the treatment of black people. So you can't get mad at that because you're going to have to, you have to present facts 
to counter that. And see, there you you can't. You, know, you can certainly present facts, but the facts don't counter that argument. You can't be really mad at that because that requires you know intellectual thought, and you might learn something, and you might see his his side of the the, the argument, or you might have an intellectual argument. It's much easier to say, "Hey, you hate America." You don't love the flag. You communist bastard, you. Why don't you leave the country? It's, e- it's a lot easier because anger is the easiest emotion. It is so easy to get angry. That is the easiest emotion. That is the, 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 the e- it's so easy to go there. It's so easy to go there. And so they've changed the narrative so they can be angry. And even when, even when people, as in the case of the Dallas Cowboys, even when they still protest, and not quote unquote disrespect the flag because they're not. People are still angry. But when there's real disrespect of the flag, people wearing it on clothing, people throw it, put it on napkins and throwing it away, and people violating the flag code, which a lot of people don't know, which like a lot of people don't know the the, the words of the Star Spangled Banner, which we're going to discuss. We're going to discuss that. But 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 they make up reasons to be angry. They make they change the narrative. They change the story because they want to be angry. They're not really angry. They just it's just easier to lie and make up a reason to be angry at the lie. Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash pennies politics. Penny at iunewstalk.com is the email. Or tweet me at Penny Sakura. Or if you want to add commentary, use the hashtag Penny's Politics. Listen. <clears throat> the first quarter is done. The second quarter will return. You listen to Penny's Politics. Stay tuned. I'd be so safe and warm if I was in LA. Show your support for the Independent Underground Radio Network, which has been podcasting strong since 2010 with over 4.5 million downloads and over 700 episodes with our affiliate network of shows, including Constitutionally Speaking, with host Autumn Smith, Third Wave Feminism, with host Denny and Diane, Penny's Politics, with host Denny Sequoia, and our flagship show, Independent Underground Radio Live, with host Monica R.W. So how can you show that support? By going to to get the Independent Underground Radio Network app for just $2.99 at Google Play or the Apple Store. Just go and put in the search for Independent Underground Radio Network on Google Play or at the Apple Store and download a version of our app in order to have all of our affiliate network of shows right on your phone, your tablet, computer, or wherever you want to listen to them by streaming live of the Independent Underground Radio Network. Remember, just go to Google Play or the Apple Store. Search for Independent Underground Radio Network and download a version of our app on your phone for just $2.99 today and show your support for the best and independent left political anywhere in the world at the Independent Underground Radio Network. of Independent Underground News and Talk and Independent Underground Radio Network. Advanced Auto Parts is offering 20% off of your first order. Now, to save 20% off of your first order, go to www.advancedautooffer.com forward slash IU Radio Network. Again, www.advancedautooffer.com 
autooffer.com forward slash IU Radio Network to save 20% off of your first order. And make sure that you put in AAP 20 cast for the savings. Now, did you know that Advanced Auto Parts have been in business over 75 years and has helped the nation's do-it-yourselfers fix their vehicles? Advanced Auto Parts is also your source for quality auto parts, advice, and accessories. So go ahead and get your 20% off today of your first order at advancedautooffer.com forward slash IU Radio Network. And make sure you put in the code AAP20CAST for your 20% savings. Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Penny's Politics. Tweet me at Penny Sikora or you can email me Penny at IUNewsTalk.com. So we're talking about the flag, fake flag disrespect controversy. The president calling people SOBs and people changing the narratives and I want to talk about the NFL right now. So the NFL, the NFL, so they all decide to come together. Now they decide they want to come together against uh, the president or come together united after the president said some harmful words. He said a whole bunch of other stuff. Now you want to choose the time to come together, but you know what? I got another clip for you guys. Uh, he's going to be a lot of clips today. I got another clip for you guys because there's some people are able to articulate it better than I am able to articulate. And I agree word for word with what they said. And one of my favorite, my new favorite sports commentary commentators is former Denver Broncos star uh, Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp has always been very outspoken. There's, watching him on NFL films is, is, is funny. It is hilarious, uh, but he's just such an outspoken person, and I love him. Uh, but he's one of my favorite. He's now one of my favorite. And 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 just listen to this clip. I wanted to hear his take on on on, on this past Sunday's uh, protests. I'm disappointed, Skip and Joy, because this is the tipping point of the seven thousand five hundred and thirty-seven things that President Trump has said. In the last 50 years, him calling an NFL player an SOB is what brought the NFL, the owners, and its players together. And while some might be moved by the conscience of these NFL's owners, it wasn't their conscience that moved them. It was the cash. Because, see, Skip, what we know about people with money they don't like being told what to do. They don't like being bullied. You see, President Trump has bullied a lot of people. The very first thing that he uttered as he strolled down that escalator two and a half years ago is that Mexico is sending us their worst murderers, rapists, and drug dealers. That didn't shock the conscience of the NFL's owner. Him offending Gold Star families. Nope. Him calling Rosie, Rosie O'Donnell a pig. Him on the Access Hollywood talking about grabbing hoo-ha. That did not shock the very conscience of seven NFL owners. Skipping me a second to name those guys. One Daniel Snyder. 
the guys on your monitor, mm -hmm. Jerry Jones, Bob, Mr. Bob Kraft, McNair, Houston Texans, Woody Johnson, Shad Khan. They gave a million dollars for the inauguration of President Trump. And now they seem to be shocked. Every author that's written a book about President Trump and they started writing books about him in the 1980s, they say he is exactly today as he was then. Sure. So that is all I want to say about him. Skip. Now what has happened, because what he said in Alabama, play into it, you know what happens in Alabama, Skip. There's something that's going on in America right now that's more valuable than Google and Apple stock. It's more valuable than gold and Bitcoin. It's called race. It's very valuable. And President Trump, he understands that. But Skip, now I'm unimpressed because this wasn't a protest. This was unity. So what are we showing solidarity against, Skip? We're showing solidarity because President Trump, he challenged the very men, wealthy, wealthy men, billionaires. And he told him what you should do if someone protests, you should fire them. They don't like what being told what to do, Skip. And then, Skip, he called a player that protested the anthem, he called them SOBs. Think about that now. He called them SOBs. That's what got the owners. That's what got the players to unite. Is that the worst that he's ever said? Absolutely not. Never called Vladimir Putin an SOB. Never called Erdogan of Turkey an SOB. Even those men that walked down the streets in Charlottesville, North in Virginia, Skip, carrying the tiki lights, hollering what they were hollering, inciting violence. He never said SOB. As a matter of fact, Skip, he said there were some good people in that group. What has transpired, Skip, again? Because what, 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 what were they uniting against? It's almost like they were uniting against Colin Kaepernick's right for free speech. That's not what Colin Kaepernick was talking about. It's almost like they're uniting against we're, you trying to attack us because see what happened, Skip, when he was from the bully pulpit, when he was cast looking down upon everybody else, the owners never had a problem with that. It wasn't until he came for the NFL that their conscience was shocked. How dare you tell us what we should do? You think you can tell us that we should fire somebody? Because remember they said First Amendment. Here we are. 14 months after Colin Kaepernick originally nailed, kneeled. Mm -hmm. And when they asked him, he said, it's not about the flag. It's not about the veterans. It's not about the police. It's about the brutality that unarmed men and women of color are suffering. It's about the injustices. It's about the inequities that's going on in America. That's what he said. And still, we talk about the freedom of speech and, and all these teams released these statements saying how divisive. Only the Seattle Seahawks touched on what the real issue was. And the problem that I have, Skip, is that these guys, some of them, and I'm very disappointed. And a few I'd like to say, I'm very disappointed in one of my very best friends, Ray Lewis. Mm. Ray Lewis sat in that chair right there and yep. said that he could never kneel. He could never not stand for the national anthem. Because so many people died and he had family members to fight for this country. The opportunity and the, the flag means so much to him. And he kneeled. Not on one knee, on both knees. Okay. So what were you kneeling for? 
you kneeled, you showed solidarity because of what President Trump said. And when Colin Kaepernick is trying to draw attention to the un- to the injustices going on, you deem that inappropriate? LaShawn McCoy, you remember what you said about a month ago about Colin Kaepernick? Not only were you not only were you kneeling, you were stretching. You were you, you were even worse than kneeling. The hypocrisy. And that's what I find so ironic about this, Skip. The very people that said they could never, ever kneel. Some people, I like Tom Brady. Tom Brady said, I'm not going to touch it. I prefer, I prefer you do that. But these, all of a sudden, they, you, you, what are you, I just want to know, what are you unifying against? Are you, are you show, are you showing unity? Are you showing solidarity against racism or the injustices that's in this country? Or are you showing solidarity? against President Trump and what he said. His attack on the very NFL, the shield, because what we know about above all else, those 33, 32 men and the commissioner will protect that NFL shield at all costs against all foreign and domestic. Mm. President Trump had to find that out the hard way. They've allowed him to attack so many groups in America. It wasn't until he came for one of 32 and the 1,600 men, and only a handful—only a handful of them—skip—have ever nailed in and 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 protest. Yep. And he called them an SOB, mm-hmm. and that shocked the conscience. Skip, not grabbing who, the access Hollywood joy. That didn't shock anybody. He offended a gold star, a family that lost a son fighting for this country. He called John McCain a loser because he was captured. John McCain was a POW in Vietnam. He refused to come home until everybody came home. NFL didn't say a word. Nobody locked arms. So what are we what are we uniting against? What are we standing for now? If that is what it took, what he said, if that what shocked your conscience, if that what showed uh, uh, made you choose to unite, so be it. But there's a bigger issue, and the issue is the racism and the injustices in America in which Colin Kaepernick took a knee for in the beginning, and only Martellus and, and Michael Bennett and Malcolm Jenkins and a handful still understand what the issues are. Shannon Sharp was spot on. He was spot on. We're not serious. In America, we're not. We're very trendy. We're very trendy. But when it comes to solid principles, we claim we church, we we claim that we are a principled nation. We pound our chest about being the greatest nation on the planet. And listen, I'm not I'm not going to make the argument that we that we are or that we aren't. I am simply going to point out that you know b- before we pound our chest. Let's deal with some things. This equality issue has not gone away. America's 241 years old. It's not gone away in 241 years. Sure, we've taken steps forward. Sure, it is not legal to to chain humans together and sell them, although it still happens today. It still happens. We have this thing, this issue in America called human trafficking, which I'm going to do a show about. Human trafficking, trafficking is a real problem. There's a major hub of human trafficking in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, my former home. 
But we're not serious. We're not serious. These problems can be dealt with if we were serious. Inequality can be dealt with if we were serious. Just like the patriots, just like the patriots, the American patriots that are all up in arms about the so-called flag disrespect. The so-called disrespect for those that have sacrificed the most, those that have given the ultimate sacrifice, those that have, that have served this country. Are you kidding me? The U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development, and, and, and obviously the numbers are impossible to come by, a flawless numbers possible to come by, but they estimate that on any given night, there are 39,471 veterans that are homeless on any given night. 39,471 veterans homeless on any given night. 39,000 homeless veterans. Patriots, you want to be pissed off about something? Get pissed off about that. Not only that, in 2013, the VA released a study that covered suicides from 1999 to 2010, which showed that roughly 22 veterans were dying by suicide per day. That's about one every, every hour. Per day. 39,000 homeless vets, 22 veterans a day committing suicide. Why? Because they're dealing with PTSD and the ill effects of war. No human was designed to deal with that much trauma. And how do we pay them back? By letting them go homeless, by giving them substandard health care, by giving them crappy pay. Yes, crappy pay. You know, we pay these heroes, these people that are putting their lives on the line to protect our freedoms. You know, we pay them. What was it? $1,531 a month? A month. That's the lowest rank, of course. But these are our heroes. These are these are our American heroes. We don't take care of our soldiers when they come back from battle. We use them up. We 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 prostitute them out. Yeah, we prostitute them out. We pay them for their bodies. We get what we want from them, and then you know we drop them off. That's exactly what we do. But we're gonna we're gonna act outraged. We're so outraged that people didn't stand for the flag. They're disrespecting America. They're disrespecting the people that have fought for this country. No, they're not. That's not disrespect. If you took a T-shirt with my picture on it and you burned it, but you provided me with great health care and, and, and a grand salary, and you took care of my my, my health needs and my mental health needs. I could care less that you burn a t-shirt with my name on it. I could care less. But if you all wore my t-shirts with my face on it and say, oh, we love you, Penny. You're the best. See, we're wearing your t-shirt. You see that we're wearing your t-shirt we're, and it's clean and we're respecting it. And you treated me like crap. You let me be homeless. You didn't give me any medical care. No money to support myself. After I served all these, 
You think I would feel disrespected because you burned my shirt or you dirtied my shirt or you took it off and threw it on the ground and stepped on it and peed? I don't care. I wouldn't care. It's a symbol. I get it. The flag is a symbol of our country. I get it. I understand it. I personally would not make the choice to burn an American flag or, or, or desecrate an American flag. I might protest, kneel and protest. I've, I don't, I've not stood for the anthem in years, even in college, because I, I used to pray. Praying was my thing. And nobody brought an issue with it because they were respecting my religious rights. It wasn't me saying I hate America. I was saying it was me saying I love God more. I don't get into the symbolic worship of symbols. I don't get into that because they're just symbols. I'm a devout Christian. If you took a cross right now, the Klan does it all the time, burned it. I'm not going to lose my mind. Oh, you're, you're disrespecting Jesus. You are disrespecting God and you must leave the world because God is over the world. So you, you can't just leave the country. You have to leave the world. I'm not that person because it's just a symbol. It's a symbol. But we sit here and we with this fake outrage, this fake patriotism. How many of you people that are complaining about the people kneeling for the flag donate to veterans' causes, help homeless veterans, lobby for better mental health care, better health care for veterans, lobby for more pay for veterans? Veterans should not pay taxes, in my opinion. They should not. Veterans should be tax-exempt because without them, we'd have no property for which to pay taxes on or no incomes with to pay taxes on. Since we love them and respect them so much, nobody's calling for that. Nobody's pushing for that. Nobody's screaming. I shouldn't say nobody. But when I say nobody, I mean the, 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 the masses. Certainly there are people pushing for this. There, there's, a, there's, a, there's a faithful few that are pushing for these things, that are fighting for these things. But the majority of us, no, we don't care. In any city, any city, any major city in America, I'll tell you what people are doing. They're annoyed by panhandlers, some of which are veterans. They're annoyed by people that have mental health problems because these people ride our public transportation. They're in our public squares, and they annoy us. Not me. I'm speaking to the, about the general public. We don't want to be bothered with them. We don't want to be seen around them. We don't want them bothering us as we go out to eat at our nice restaurants. We don't want them bothering us as we're pulling off of the, the freeway or we're, or we're pulling into the, the major intersections. We don't want these people bothering us. Many of those people are veterans. We will step over them if they're laying on the ground downtown sleeping or sleeping under bridges and underpasses. We walk past them, drive past them. We don't even give them a second thought. Many of these people are veterans, veterans that we supposedly have such high regard for and high respect for. We're not serious, America. We're not serious. And no, this is not Penny. Someone's going to hear this and say, oh, Penny, you hate America. Why don't you just leave it so bad? Listen, I, this is my country too. And if I see things that are wrong, I'm going to try to address them to fix them. And yes, people, I donate to veterans' causes. I volunteer in homeless shelters. I don't. There's sometimes I'll either gather food on my own. I'll grab, go buy some pizzas on my own. I'll go sit amongst a group of homeless folks and veterans alike and i will join them because humans like human interaction we were built for this stuff this is how we were created this is where we're social animals we weren't meant to be used up and then tossed aside that's exactly what we do with our soldiers so while we're sitting here and complaining about the so-called disrespect of the flag and changing the narrative that's the real problem that's a real problem that's the real disrespect 
And I don't hear anyone making that case. I'm making that case. But the masses aren't making that case because it's fake patriotism. It's fake. It gives you a reason to soapbox others and to stand and look down on others. When you should look down on yourselves when we, we treat we treat veterans like crap. Like crap. You want to you wanna be a real patriot? Let's deal with those problems. But to be mad over the fake outrage over the over the issue that you guys said that is an issue that ain't an issue. Get over yourselves. Really get over yourselves. Shame on you. And I think it's 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 interesting that I just I, I, I this really bothers me. And you're quick to tell Colin Kaepernick, are, are you doing anything about black on black crime? Uh, Mr. Patriot, that's angry that uh, that these protests are fired. Are you doing anything about the homeless problem, veteran problem in America? Are you doing anything about the fact that a, a, a veteran every hour, every hour is is, kill, is taking his own life? In the time in which it took me, it takes me to do this show, two veterans, two veterans dealing with PTSD or other mental health issues as a result of war and the trauma that comes with war. That we Americans that, that that have never been to battle are so ready that we're so thir- war thirsty. We're so ready. We buy all these bombs. We spend all this money on military spending because we are so war thirsty. Listen, people, war is ugly. It is ugly. Humans were not built to be killing and slaughtering each other. We were not. That is not why we were designed. It's not what we were created for. But we do it and we put those people. Usually it's it's not the the the, the wealthy ruling class that are sending their kids over to, to do the fighting for us. No, it's the poor. It's the, the, the poor folks who want to make a better lives for themselves and say, you know what? Well, I will give up what I, because I got nothing else. I don't have much, I don't have much else. And so I will make that sacrifice. The least among us, those that we look past any other time, they're the ones that will are the first to sign up to put their lives to the line for this country. They are the first ones because that's where all the recruiting is done. And they don't hesitate. These people serve with pride and distinction. And we don't take care of them. We throw these fake temper tantrums. While we're arguing over nonsense. We're not serious. We really are not serious. I, I You know... A friend of mine gave a a great quote that I I quoted on my Facebook page and on my Twitter. He said, we live in the era of information, yet many of us are, actually, he he cursed. (laughs) Where he said, we live in the era of information and we are misinformed as expletive, as bleep. And he's right. We're, We're also very trendy. We will follow the group. We will follow group thought. And we will run with it. Even if that group thought is ill-principled. Even if it lacks principles. And then the, the fake outrage over the, the so-called disrespect of the flag, which according to the flag code is not disrespect. But in real areas of disrespect, wearing the flag as clothing, wearing the, putting the flag on napkins to be discarded, laying the flag flat, all of those things that are in violation of the flag code, no one is going to bring issue to those things because many of us don't even know it. Many of us don't even know it. Just like many of us are angry at folks for not liking the Star Spangled Banner, they don't even know the history behind the Star Spangled Banner. They don't know that it took 
about 100 years before we made it our national anthem. Because it's there's controversy in the Star Spangled Banner. Controversy within its own lyrics. And, then, and I, I agree there are much better songs to choose in the, other than the Star Spangled Banner. I think America the Beautiful would be a great song. Oh, beautiful for gracious skies, amber waves of grain. Purple mountains, majesty across the fruited plains. America, America. <sighs> Thou shine his face on thee and crown the good with brotherhood from sea to shine sea. That's a much better, I think, a much better song. Or, or God Bless America. Those songs actually have America in the title, by the way. I think they're much more patriotic. Much more patriotic than a song that has a verse that says, and I quote, and where is that band who so vauntingly swore that the havoc of war and the battle's confusion, a home and a country should leave us no more? Their blood has washed out their foul footsteps pollution. No refuge could save the hireling and slave from the horror of flights or the gloom of the grave. And the star-spangled banner in triumph doth wave or the land of the free and the home of the brave. Those are lyrics in the Star Spangled Banner. Now, we don't sing the other verses, but those are lyrics. There are some hip-hop songs in which may have some good verses, and the very same songs have some pretty controversial ones. Hell, there's hip-hop artists that we would not consider to be uplifting because of some songs that they have made. Tupac made a song called Keep Your Head Up. He also made a song called That's Why They Call You B. And we are certainly not going to label him as this enlightening lyricist. Now, hip-hop fans would disagree, but I'm just speaking in general. Why? Because of the bad stuff. But in this very song, this very song, no refuge could save the hireling and slave from the terror of fights, or, or sorry, from the terror of flights or the gloom of the grave. But yet, this is our national anthem. This is our national anthem. And we we embrace it. This is this is the song that that represents America, or at least it represented America at a time in 1814. And we could do better. People don't know this, just like they don't know the flag code. But we we have these traditions passed down over you know, generation after generation, people kind of run with things. They don't know the history. But 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 if you talk about if you talk to conservatives about or I'm sorry, if you talk to Republicans about the history of the Democratic Party, they certainly they will quote you quickly. The Democrats are the party of slavery. The Democrats are the party of Jim Crow. The Democrats are party of this. They done that. They're back. They never blah, 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 blah. But if you mention the history of the Star Spangled Banner, oh, 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 slow down, brother. And I, and I, I don't want to just beat up on on Republicans here, because there's some Democrats that'll make that same argument that the Star Spangled Banner, they will come in defense of the Star Spangled Banner, so-called patriots. But the more we know, 
I don't necessarily think that, that helps. But as G.I.S.O. said, the more knowing is half the battle. That's what he said. Knowing is half the battle. That's what he used to say on G.I. Joe. Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash pennies politics. Facebook search query, type in pennies politics, join the live blog to talk about this this show right now. Or you can email me penny at penny at iunewstalk.com or tweet me at Penny Sakura. We're at halftime. Quarter number three after the break. You're listening to Penny's Politics. I'll be back. to move to this beautiful and amazing state called Florida. I've also had the opportunity of moving to this amazing network called IU News and Talk. Hi, I'm Penny Sikora, host of Penny's Politics. Tune in Tuesdays from 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time as I give you my unique no-spin style of politics. The truth is what you're going to get here. Sometimes that truth is beneficial. Sometimes you hear the truth and you're like, you know what? I can dig that. I like that. It lets me know I'm on the right side of the argument. But there are other times where the truth is going to make you upset. You're going to be upset with Penny. But you know what? I'm still going to tell you the truth. So tune in Tuesdays from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to Penny's Politics here on IU News and Talk. First order. Now, to save 20% off of your first order, go to 
www.advancedautooffer.com forward slash iuradio network. Again, www.advancedautooffer.com forward slash iuradio network to save 20% off of your first order. And make sure that you put in AAP20 cast for the savings. Now, did you know that Advanced Auto Parts have been in business over 75 years and has helped the nations do it yourselfers fix their vehicles? Advanced Auto Parts is also your source for quality auto parts, advice, and accessories. So go ahead and get your 20% off today of your first order at advancedautooffer.com forward slash IU Radio Network. And make sure you put in the code AAP20CAST for your 20% savings. Show your support for the Independent Underground Radio Network, which has been podcasting strong since 2010 with over 4.5 million downloads and over 700 episodes with our affiliate network of shows, including Constitutionally Speaking with host Autumn Smith, Third Wave Feminism with host Denny and Diane, Penny's Politics with host Denny Sequoia, and our flagship show, Independent Underground Radio Live with host Monica R.W. So how can you show that support? By going to to get Independent Underground Radio Network app for just $2.99 at Google Play or the Apple Store. Just go and put in the search for Independent Underground Radio Network on Google Play or at the Apple Store and download a version of our app in order to have all of our affiliate network of shows right on your phone, your tablet, computer, or wherever you want to listen to them by streaming live of the Independent Underground Radio Network. Remember, just go to Google Play or the Apple Store. Search for Independent Underground Radio Network and download a version of our app on your phone for just $2.99 today and show your support for the best and independent life political anywhere in the world at the Independent Underground Radio Network. Penny at IUNewsTalk.com. Tweet me at Penny Sikor or join the live blog right now if you want to talk about the show. Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Penny's Politics. Use a little search query. Type in Penny's Politics. Join the conversation. Join the group. Join the conversation. We talk politics 24-7. Liberals, conservatives, Republicans, Democrats, all. You you got all you guys join in. You guys are all joining the conversation as we talk about politics. I want to give one last piece of commentary uh on this on this and it is it is to differentiate leadership uh the president the the, the current president obviously has had this commentary on the, this situation and then of course the former president had commentation a commentary on this this particular situation and i just want you to listen to the distinction between the two of these guys uh take a listen i believe that us Honoring our flag and our anthem uh, is part of what binds us together as a nation. And I think that for me, for my family, for those who work in the White House, uh, we recognize what it means to us, but also what it means to the men and women who are fighting on our behalf. 
Um, part of what makes this country special is that we respect people's rights to have a different opinion and to make different decisions about how they want to express their concerns. And the test of our fidelity to our Constitution, to freedom of speech, to our Bill of Rights, is not when it's easy, but when it's hard. We fight sometimes so that people can do things that we disagree with. But that's what freedom means in this country. In, in a democracy like ours, there are going to be a lot of folks who do stuff that we just don't agree with. But as long as they're doing it within the law, then we can voice our opinion objecting to it. But it's also their right. I want everybody to listen to each other. So I want Mr. Kaepernick and others who are on a knee, I want them to listen to the pain that that may cause somebody who, for example, had a spouse or a child who was killed in combat and why it, it hurts them to see somebody not standing. Um, but I also want people to think about the pain that uh, he may be expressing about somebody who's lost a loved one that they think uh, was unfairly shot. And, you know, one of the things I always say about uh, American democracy is it can be frustrating, but it's the best system we got. And uh, the only way that we make it work is to see each other, listen to each other, try to be respectful of each other, not just go into separate corners. Uh, and I, I, I do hope that anybody who's trying to express any political view of any sort understands that they do so under the blanket of the protection of our men and women in uniform uh, and that that appreciation of that sacrifice is never lost. Wouldn't you love to see one of these NFL owners when somebody disrespects our flag to say, get that son of a bitch off the field right now. Out. He's fired. He's fired. Now, listening to those two clips, and yes, obviously it was edited by someone, uh, and I don't know the person's political leanings. I'm not going to sit here and assume anything. But yes, it was an edited video showing the president or the former president being cool, conflicted, and poisoned, giving a very articulate message, and then our current president being impulsive and just responding and saying some nonsensory, nonsensical, inflammatory statements. But here's the facts. Obama was thoughtful in his, in his responses. He was careful in picking his words. And Trump is not. Trump doesn't care. He says what comes to mind. And some people like that. Some people like the inflammatory rhetoric because they're like, yes, he say what we've been feeling the whole time and it's about time someone said it. But that same person would have been screaming that Obama is dividing the nation. 
I challenge people all the time because they're always saying this is a Christian nation. The Bible talks about choosing your words, picking your words carefully so not to inflame your brother. This guy's not carefully picking his words. He's just speaking off the cuff and he's just going. And of course, Democrats are going to defend Obama no matter what he does and what he says. And Republicans are doing going to do the same with Trump. I don't care what, even if Trump says something correct, even if he's correct on some things, like, for instance, and I've repeated this on my show, infrastructure, he is correct. We need to rebuild our infrastructure. He is very much correct. But Democrats, no matter what he says, are going to say, no, you're wrong. You're wrong, Mr. Trump. You're wrong. You're wrong. Trump could get out tomorrow and say, hey, look. Babies should be hugged and kissed. Some Democrats say, no. Just like on the on the flip side to, to the commentary that Obama gave, there's some there's some Republicans that are not going to accept that and say, no, you're the great divider. You don't respect the Constitution. You don't respect the Constitution. Because we are we are so partisan, and it is frustrating. You want to know why the country is so divided? The parties is one of the reasons. Race is, is a big reason. Faith is another reason. But the parties keep us from accomplishing anything legislatively and moving the country forward. Because liberals are going to say, you know what, if we just simply pass the social justice law or policy, we can move in the right direction and get America singing Kumbaya a lot faster. Conservatives are going to say, you know what, this this problem is going to be a problem all for forever. So just, you know, pick yourself up and, and, and do what you got to do because life is hard. Life is hard, get a helmet. Both of them are right. On one hand, you do need to exercise personal responsibility, pick yourself up, and persevere. Because life is hard. And at the same time, while people are persevering and giving the effort, government should meet us halfway and do what it can to try to move things in a positive direction through policy. Even Scripture talks about God helping those who help themselves. Faith without works is dead. You can't always pray yourself out of situations. In most cases, you can't. You got to do. There's some doing that needs to be done. And if both ideologies, ideological sides, ideologues, partisans would understand that we would make great progress. But we can't because we're constantly being bombarded with echo chambers that we call news now that are saying our side is right, that side is bad. On one side you have they're the takers, the take, 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 takers. And the other side you have they're, they're, they're the racists, the race, race, racists. 
when there are racists on both sides of the aisle, there are Democratic racists, there are Republican racists, there are Democratic, there are there are conservative racists, there are liberal racists. Nobody has a monopoly on racism. Nobody has a monopoly on bigotry. Nobody has a monopoly on hate. Hate is very much bipartisan. Very much so. I've had conversations with some of my Democratic friends that say some things about Republicans that make me cringe. I've had conversations with some of my Republican friends that say things about Democrats that make me cringe. They truly believe that the other side is inherently evil. They be people believe that. They don't believe it's just a simple difference of ideology. They don't believe that. But the thing that I've learned in my years is that people are more similar than we are not. I had a good friend of mine uh, from Wisconsin, or I shouldn't say good friend of mine, he's a, a friend of mine. But he's, he is not, I can consider him a good friend of mine because, man, we, we, we connected. Social media has a way of creating these new friends, of connecting people in a way that is amazing. There are people on social media that whom I've befriended, you know, through politics. Ninety percent of the people that I'm friends with on social media, I know in some way that I've and I've met. There are some people I've never met. We've only had online interactions, many online interactions, whether it be debating sports or politics, or we have a common interest on politics we've we've you know you enjoy the commentary you enjoy the exchanges and so you friend each other on facebook and you you talk and and many of the people that i've that i've not met because i live in orlando at at some point end up in orlando and so i get a chance to meet a lot of people here when i was in milwaukee i got a chance to meet a lot of people in fact when i ran for office uh some folks friends of mine on in penny's politics came all the way over to milwaukee to you know, watch my campaign kick off or to join me for my campaign kickoff. And I got to meet people that way. But one of the ways in which I'm meeting people now is they're simply coming here for vacation. I get an opportunity to meet them. And, and I usually have these personal stories for the first quarter, but I had to dive right into what everybody else is talking about. But a friend of mine came down here to Orlando a uh, new friend of mine. His name is Dustin Murphy. Good guy. And we sat and we talked for hours. I came down to the resort where they were, his family and his family were, and we sat for hours. And just a side note, he has a mother-in-law that uh, she she claims to be, you know, she claims to be that she's over 40. She does not look a day, literally, she does not look a day over 26, 27. I kid you not. She looks amazing. She's older than that, but she does not look it. Nah, I, I, I promise you she's lying. She's got to be lying. I need to see some ID. But in any event, Dustin is a—he's a—he's a conservative. He's a white—he's a white white male conservative. And I, and I mentioned that just to 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 to, to draw distinct the, the immediate distinction in race and in ideology. And he's from you know he's from Wisconsin. And we talk for hours. We talk politics. We talk about family. But th there's one common denominator between the two of us that is unremarkably. Similar that if you were to listen to the talking heads, you listen to the masses, he should hate me, I should hate him. There are individuals that, because of the racial differences, think that we 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 should not be 
friends. We have nothing in common and we should be enemies. There are people, there are ideologues that think because I have some liberal leanings that, and he's conservative, that we, we should not know. Penny is no, no, you shouldn't be. Or because he may vote Republican and I may vote Democrat. They think that nope, 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 you're you're so different, nope. But we're we're similar in so many ways. He has a beautiful family that he loves. He loves his kids. He loves his woman. He loves his his, 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 his in-laws. He loves he loves them. He loves sports. He wants to see the country move forward. And he's sick and tired of politics. Elected officials irk him like they do the rest of us. But I I tell you tonight that our problem is that we are being played. We are being played. We have a president that is impulsive and reactive. He likes to be relevant. Right now, our Puerto Rican brethren are in, they're in dire straits. And that's not the topic of his Twitter. That's not the topic of his speeches. North Korea thinks that we've just declared war on them. We're going to talk about that. They think we just declared war on them. And, and our leader's not talking about that. Healthcare, is, the debate is still going on. I think that the, the latest attempt has been bombed. We'll talk about that. but. That's not the, the, the leading conversation. But he likes to in, in, inject himself into these conversations because he likes people talking about him, like I'm doing now. And the news will run with it because they want the ratings. I'm embarrassed sometimes by the president. I'm not going to lie and say, oh, he embarrasses me in everything he does. No. But this is embarrassing. But the greater point I was trying to make is that we are so we are inundated with people telling us to pick sides. It's not bad enough to be a fan of the Green Bay Packers and, and the dislike Chicago Bear fans. But I don't think Bear fans are evil or ignorant or stupid. Well, they are stupid because they're Bears fans, but because they root for a team that never wins. That's a joke, people. That's a joke. That kind of banner I like is friendly. It's harmless. I do it with strangers all the time. There's no problem. But I, there's no way I could I could joke with strangers if a stranger had on a McCain shirt and said, oh, that's why Obama won. They would take that to the heart. We have a real problem. Because this money-laced system is causing us to hate our neighbors because of who they voted for. And I'm not going to lie. I get caught up in that. Some of my favorite entertainers have supported candidates that that I would never support, like Trump. And it's like, oh, man, I look at you differently, and I just wish. And I, and I have to move past that. I have to move, get over that. I have to get over myself. Because I realize these people are probably still love their families. They're still great Americans. I can't hate them because the person that they voted for made a message that resonated with them. I can't be mad at that. But I am frustrated that we are we are we are sitting here complaining about a system that we can change. We can change this system. 
We give millions of dollars to these campaigns, millions of dollars, because we believe change is going to come and we simply vote for this person. If I'm a conservative Republican, I, 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 I believe that my congressman is going to hold the line on taxes. I believe that my congressperson is going to you know, shrink government. I believe that my congressman is going to stand up for good old traditional American values. If I'm a Democrat, I believe that 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 my congressperson is going to is going to spend to fight the poor. I believe that my congressperson is going to spend to, to fund schools. I believe that my congressperson is pro union and pro environment. When the reality is, they don't do much or nothing. They get majorities. They say, well, we need a majority. If we, if we just get a majority, we need three more representatives. So if you just donate 11 million more dollars, we can get our fellow colleagues in the, in the or our, our, you know, our, our potential colleagues in these other states, these swing states elected, and we can get, you know, we can get the, the legislative majority that we can do what we want to do. We can get this thing done, people. If you just vote for me, and don't your donation to me. You know, I, I I make that my whenever I'm doing my goofy, silly, uninformed person, it's always a southern voice. You know, for the record, I'm from the South. My family is from here. From the South. And they are as country as they come, and I love them dearly. I wouldn't change a thing about them or anybody else for the South from the South. Uh, in terms of the just the the the, the accent, the drawl. Uh, and their food. I wouldn't change a thing about them. The, in, in the, you know, I wouldn't change any of those aspects about them. And I, but I do because it's so relatable. Because I have family members that think just as ignorant and silly and goofy as the next person. And so I add that because I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying these people are are are, are bad, ignorant, or dumb. I'm, I'm, I'm really drawing on examples from my own family. But we're so drawn up in, and if, if you just vote, vote for me. I'm going to make change. What they all say, I'm going to make change. And change happens slowly. It takes years to get change done. Years. And major change, oh Lord, it takes decades. It took us decades to get slavery abolished. It took us decades to get the apartheid system of Jim Crow abolished. It took, decades, it took decades to get the women's right to vote. But I, I believe that we can we can get there. I, I really do. But I brought up Dustin for to make this point. One of the reasons that we're so divided is that because we're literally divided. How many of you spend time in communities that with people that aren't like you? And I won't necessarily just say by race. I'm going to say just by race, by income. But well, rich people don't really want you if you're in the neighborhood. You're poor, so well, that's not really an option because they'll 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 have the police just move you right out of there. That's a whole other conversation. But it's regular people. You know, rich people live in their gated communities. They only want you in their. They don't want you in their vicinities. But we elect them to run the country. That's another story. But it. But Regular people, how many, how often do you spend time with other folk? I, I love social gatherings and I love them because it gives you an opportunity to meet other people. But I, I would love for people to step out of their box and go to social gatherings that you would not normally attend. 
all white parties or the black parties, and, and when, I, when I say all white and black, I mean by the clothing that you're wearing. These aren't racial parties, although they are because you typically only see black people at these parties. I would love it if some country brethren would come, or rural brethren, white brethren would come to these parties and just partake and see how they have fun. And the same thing with my urban brethren. Go to the, the go out to where they are and see how they live and see how they have fun. You will find a common a common denominator. That common denominator really is love. I remember as a kid, you know, going to farms, other farms, seeing how like the farmers loved their animals, how they loved their animals. They loved the land. They loved what they did. They also loved their family. And that gave me a greater appreciation. Traveling the country and traveling the, the world has given me a greater appreciation of people because if for once, if you shut up for 30 seconds, shut up for 30 seconds, and just observe people, one of the advantages I have here in Orlando is that there's so many different cultures here. There's, there's, there's so many different races of people here from different countries and different cultures. And if you be quiet for just observe them, you see that we're all the same. You don't see the partisan labels. You don't care who they voted for. You don't know who they voted for. It's not a big deal. You see that they love their, they love their wives and husbands. They kiss their babies and that we're so similar. But yet here in America, we allow the talking heads to divide us. Quarter three is over. When we turn to quarter four, I do have a Penny's Punk Boy Award to hand out. Uh, and we continue the conversation on the other side. Dealers and Penny's Politics, Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Penny's Politics, Facebook me, or email me, Penny and IU News Talk.com or on the Twitter at Penny Sakura. Quarter four, we return. Show 
your support for the Independent Underground Radio Network, which has been podcasting strong since 2010 with over 4.5 million downloads and over 700 episodes with our affiliate network of shows, including Constitutionally Speaking, with host Autumn Smith, Third Wave Feminism, with host Denny and Diane, Penny's Politics, with host Denny Sequoia, and our flagship show, Independent Underground Radio Live, with host Monica R.W. So how can you show that support? By going to get Independent Underground Radio Network app for just $2.99 at Google Play or the Apple Store. Just go and put in the search for Independent Underground Radio Network on Google Play or at the Apple Store and download a version of our app in order to have all of our affiliate network of shows right on your phone, your tablet, computer, or wherever you want to listen to them by streaming live of the Independent Underground Radio Network. Remember, just go to Google Play or the Apple Store, search for Independent Underground Radio Network, and download a version of our app on your phone for just $2.99 today and show your support for the best in independent life political anywhere in the world at the Independent Underground Radio Network. So as we start the fourth quarter here on Penny's Politics, you can email me, Penny at IUNews. Uh, Penny at IUNewsTalk.com. You can tweet me at Penny Sakura on the Twitter or use the hashtag Penny's Politics. Or you can join in the conversation right now on the live blog on in Penny's Politics on Facebook. Join the group because we talk politics 24-7 anyway. As we start the fourth quarter, I want to share a story with you guys that just came across uh, my little news feed here. Uh, and <laughs> I'm tickled. Here's the story. Here's from ABC News. Alabama Senate candidate pulls out gun during campaign rally. Uh, Republican Alabama Senate candidate Roy Moore drew a, hand come from, uh, a handgun from his pocket during a campaign rally on Monday as he made a final push to sway voters ahead of the state's Republican runoff for U.S. Senate on Tuesday. Moore, who's vying for the Republican Senate nomination against the incumbent Senator Luther Strange, pulled out a gun in an effort to convince voters that he believes in the Second Amendment or the right to bear arms. It has been very hard for my wife and myself to wither two nearly three months of negative ads that we couldn't answer with money because we didn't have it. As that were completely false, I don't believe in, uh, they were completely false, that I don't believe in the Second Amendment more a former Chief Justice moments before he pulled the handgun. I believe in the Second Amendment, he continued. The closely watched Alabama runoff has pitted President Donald Trump against his former strategist, Steve Bannon, as the two have taken up opposite sides in the race. Bannon, who appeared at the rally and has endorsed more while Trump has endorsed Strange. Trump, who held a rally in Huntsville, Alabama for Strange on Friday, called into an Alabama radio show on Monday to urge support for him. Uh, Trump predicted that Moore, whom he mistakenly called Ray, would have a hard time in December, in the December 12th general election against Democrat Doug Jones, the Associated Press reported on Monday. Luther Strange is going to be a great senator. He he already has, and he already has helped me, Trump said on the Rick and Bubba radio show. Moore 
was twice removed from office from the office of Chief Justice because of stands for the public display of the Ten Commandments and against gay marriage. Propelled by his support from evangelical voters, Moore led Strange by about 25,000 votes in the crowded August primary and runoff polls to show him leading when the day he was strange, according to the AP. This dude pulled out a gun to show that he really supports the Second Amendment. I wonder what he would have done to show that he's anti-gay marriage or anti-abortion if he needed to give a, a, a visual, since he felt the need to give a visual uh, for his support of the Second Amendment. Now, a couple of things that I'm drawing for them. One, this guy, that was just, ugh, that's not something I would have done. I wouldn't have pulled a gun out of rally. You know, I'm not a person that's afraid of guns. It's just something I wouldn't have done. Boom. Plus, if I would have pulled a gun at a rally being a black male, they would have probably shot. Someone would have probably shot me. Oh, he's going to kill everybody in here. Get down. He's going to shoot us. So I'm being funny, but I'm being serious. There's no way I pull a gun on stage in public and people not freaking freak out. That's racial. Yes, but it's true. But he pulled out a gun because he wants to push against the attack ads. The attack ads. Let me defend this guy for a second. There are very misleading attack ads. People think that facts amount to truth. They do. If those facts are consistent with the truth. But random facts aren't always consistent with the overall truth. I'll give you an example. I could say that... Cars are deadly for people. Cars are deadly for people. Fact. 30,000 people, and I can back that up by saying fact. 30,000 people die in, 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 in automobile-related accidents every year in America. And that would be factual. If I were trying to spin you against cars, that is an ad that I would put on the air. There's not a lie in there. Cars are indeed dangerous for people. 30,000 people indeed die annually from car accidents. And that is that these are how attack ads are. They will tell you have truths. If you're an attorney and you are a defense attorney, they they can put an attack ad out there. Oh, Penny Sequoia defended murderers, rapists. Wife beaters. Because in my job as a defense attorney, that would be accurate. If I were a doctor, they could say Penny is killed. Or no, a better, more accurate. 11 people have died in the hands of Surgeon Penny Sakura. Don't vote for him. For 11th district, all the person that there would be no lies in that in that in that in, in that in that ad, none. And they play the little creepy music and have you all riled up, ready to vote against me. But that that's one of the biggest problems in our society is that we have all this money and these dark groups are able to spend these spend money on these spun advertisements. And candidates like this have to respond somehow. I'm not necessarily mad that he did what he did. I just think it's comical, really. I really think it's comical. But I want to get to another story.
The story that came across in the, the UK article from Express, it says thousands of dads will unknowingly spend, spend uh, this is an old article, it says thousands of dads will unknowingly spend Father's Day with children who aren't their own. A survey of over 100,000 women has revealed 15% of, of those mums admits that they are not sure who their father is for at least one of their children. The truly shocking statistics mean thousands of men could be spending Father's Day with children who are biologically connected to them. A whopping 8% of women confess their husbands are unaware that they did biological, biologically father at least one of their children they are raising. Partnered with that, a huge 6% receive secret financial support from the person who fathered their child so secretly. The statistics are based on a survey from AshleyMadison.com who spoke to 1,437 female members of their websites. I am tickled by that. <laughs> because it's like, I hear all the time how bad men are. And I'm telling you, I'm not I'm not sexist. I'm telling you, there are, there's always another side of the coin. And you, you just never go to what's going on. I, I just, I had to share the article. I just thought it was funny. Uh... <laughs> <sighs> Any of it. Alright, alright, little Milton. That's enough. In any event, I, I have a I, I gotta I got a penny punk boy award to hang out. I got a lot of recipients. I have a lot of recipients this week. And I I I'm growing frustrated at what I like to call fake outrage. Because the reality is, it's fake outrage. So, this week, I'm handing out Penny's Punk Boy Award to any person, any politician, that is outraged over the so-called, quote-unquote, disrespect of the flag. The so-called, quote-unquote, disrespect to our American servicemen and women. You... Are, are, are a recipient of this week's Penny's Punk Boy Award if you are outraged over that but you are not actively doing what you can to change laws, policies, and conditions for those men and women that are dealing with PTSD, that are, dealing, that are battling with committing suicide, and that are homeless. If you're, not doing, if you're not working actively to change that and you're protesting the so-called disrespect of the troops, you are a recipient of this week's Penny's Punk Boy. Congratulations, you punk. I am just... People are fake. They're phony. It drives me up. Whoa. It really does. We're not serious. We're not serious in this country. We really aren't. We're mad over everything and we do nothing to change. We do a lot to change a little. I want to go back. I want to revisit something that we've been talking about for quite some time because we are, we, this is conversation is not going anywhere because there, I mean, this is still a big controversy. It's still happening as we speak. America is going through a lot right now. And a lot is centered around, a lot of it is centered around race. And I know that, uh, you know, we, we, people constantly say, no, it's not that big of a problem. It's still a very big problem, a very big dividing point. But I want to share this story with you. Um, it's something I wanted to talk about a few weeks ago, but I want to get to it now. The statue at the center of the Charlottesville storm, it's the Robert E. Lee statue, 
um, in, in, in um, uh, Charlottesville that was that was at the center of that violent rally. They were going to remove it. Of course, the tiki torch carrying white supremacists decided to come out and say, no, you're not going to take down our statue of Robert E. Lee, a good American who has served this country with distinction. It's about our heritage, not about racism. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read you an article from the New York Times about that. Um, since white nationalists marched, and this article was written back in August 13th, uh, back on August 13th. Since white nationalists marched Friday in Charlottesville, Virginia, the quiet college town has seen a nightmare, a nighttime brawl lit up by torches and smartphones and worse violence that left one person dead and dozens, dozens injured. At the center of the chaos is a statue memorializing Robert E. Lee. It depicts the Confederacy's top general, larger than life, astride a horse, both green with oxidation. White nationalists were in Charlottesville to protest the city's plan to remove that statue, and the counter-demonstrators were there to oppose them. The statue, begun by Henry Merwin Sh uh, Sh uh, Shreddy, uh, a New York sculptor, and finished after his death by an Italian, Leo Lentelli, had stood in the city since 1924. Keep in mind, the, the war was over 1865. Statue erected in 1924. But over the past couple of years, some residents and city officials, along with organizations like the NAACP, had called for it to come down. Keep in mind, I've said before on this show that people have been, they've been talking about this for years. This is not new. One local official made a similar suggestion as early as 2012 and quickly discovered that emotions surrounding the issue run deep. It was during the Virginia Festival of the of the book, a series of readings and events held every year in Albemarle County. Albemarle County, which includes Charlottesville. If I'm chopping that name up, forgive me. I suck at names. At a talk given by an author and historian, Edward Ayers, a Charlottesville city councilor, uh, Christian Zakos asked about the city's Confederate monuments. She wondered whether the city should discuss removing them. People around her gasped. You'd have thought I asked if we were okay to torture puppies, she recalled during the 2013 Conversation on Backstory, a podcast supported by the Virginia Foundation for the Humanities. The response to her comment was heated and swift. Ms. Zakos uh, said that she received threats via phone and email. I felt like I had, I felt like I had put a stick in the ground and kind of ugly stuff bubbled up from it, she said. It was a local turning point helped along by national events. Uh, Mrs. Zakos uh, comments, or Seiko's comments, came about a month after the shooting of Trayvon Martin, 17, in Florida. The trial and eventual acquittal of the man who shot him, George Zimmerman, helped to fan the flames of Black Lives Matter protests, which erupted in full force in 2014 following a police shooting of 18-year-old Michael Brown in Ferguson, Missouri. By 2015, debates about Confederate flags and monuments were heating up in southern states, including South Carolina, Texas, and, and Louisiana. Those who favored removing, removal saw symbols as monuments to white supremacy, but their opponents called them, accused them of trying to, trying to erase history. In Charlottesville that year, someone spray-painted Black Lives Matter on the foundation of the Lee statue. City workers cleaned it quickly, leaving only a faint outline. Uh, by 2016, Wes Bellamy, another Charlottesville city councilor, councilor and the city's vice mayor, had become a champion of efforts to remove Confederate monuments. 
At a news conference in front of Lee's in front of Lee's statue in March of that year, he said the city council would appoint a commission to discuss the issue. When I see a multitude of people here here who are passionate about correcting something that they feel should have been done a long time ago, I am encouraged, he said to the crowd of residents in front of him. Some clap, others shouted, accusing Mr. Bellamy of sowing division. The irony of a Confederate statue arguing to take it down as a Confederate statue saying you're sowing division by taking it down. That same month, Zana Bryant, a high school student, petitioned the city council asking for the Lee statue to be removed. My peers and I feel strongly that the, about the removal of the statue because it makes us feel uncomfortable and it's very offensive, she wrote in the petition, which collected hundreds of signatures. The city council established a special commission in May of 2016. Later that year, it issued a report suggesting that the city could either relocate this, the Lee statue or transform it with the inclusion of new accurate historical information. The addition of historical context might have been welcomed by some defenders of the statues. One group, Friends of Seaville Monuments, said on its website that the statues could be improved by adding more informative, better detailed explanation of the history of the statues and, and what they could teach us. But in February, city council voted to remove the statue from the park. Opponents, uh, opponents of the move sued in March, saying the city did not have the authority to do so under state law. The court case is continuing. The statue has remained in place. It was a focal point for a gathering held in May by the white, Supreme, white nationalist Richard Spencer, who was among the demonstrators in Charlottesville this weekend. Uh, in June, the city council gave Lee, Lee Park a new name, Emancipation Park. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to continue the article. I just want to give you a little backstory about uh, the, the, the article. And the point I wanted to make is that this is not something that is new. New. Um, and actually, no, I, no, no, I, I'm going to continue this. There's another point I want to, I want to, I want to point out the rally that descended into violence Saturday was organized by Jason Kessler, a relative of a relative newcomer to the white national scene who was well known in Charlottesville, where he has fought against the city's the city's status as a sanctuary city for immigrants. A self-described journalist, activist, and author, Mr. Kessler also waged a months-long online media campaign against Mr. Bellamy, who he, depict, who he depicted, whom he depicted as anti-white. This is freaking comical. More recently, Mr. Kessler came became involved in a fight against renaming Lee Park, a reason for Unite the Right rally uh, this weekend. The rally was by far Mr. Kessler's largest undertaking yet. Last week, he won an injunction in the federal court against the city who had voted to revoke a permit for the rally. This is my First Amendment right, Mr. Kessler said of the rally in a news during a news conference on Thursday. This is the right of every American to be able to wait, wait, wait. Listen to this quote. This is the right of every American to be able to peacefully assemble and speak their free mind free of intimidation. That's why I intended I decided to do that. Do it with the lawsuit over the Lee statue still unresolved remains unclear what will become of it. The violence this weekend was one of the bloodiest fights over, over the campaigns across the South to remove Confederate monuments, and the statue remains a lightning rod in Charlottesville. Mr. Spencer, for his part, has promised to return. So this argument did not start, it didn't just start, you know, started years ago. And as with the issue in Louisiana, as with here in Orlando, but there were, here in Orlando, it wasn't, there was some resistance, but it wasn't violent. Orlando's a lot more diverse and contrary to probably a lot more progressive uh, on this issue than most cities. So, and we, and, and I'll be honest, the monument that we had wasn't so bad. It was just pretty much uh, a tall obelisk that stood at, at, down at Lake Eola, and it really didn't, wasn't, 
it was just pretty much saying that you know kind of tribute to the confederate soldiers they fought in the civil war um from this state it wasn't a tribute to any of these particular quote-unquote confederate heroes and i really didn't have a problem with that particular monument i would however have a problem with uh the the lee monument uh in fact here in tampa or here in orlando the orange uh the orange county school leaders uh renamed back in february they approved a plan to renamed robert e lee middle school uh it stands in a neighborhood uh here in, in orlando called college park and it's now called college park middle school they renamed it and it was it was the right decision I don't approve of celebrating. I think the school in Milwaukee called, uh, called Lee School as well, or, or was called Lee School. I don't approve of naming schools after Confederate generals. Let's be honest, people. These people were traitors. They wanted to secede over the they wanted to secede over the right to keep states' rights to keep slavery and expand slavery into the new territories. They 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 fought a war with America, with the American Army against the U.S. Army. Yes, we later made a law change saying, yeah, they're, they're veterans, blah. They weren't. Their cause was not patriotic or worthy. Definitely not worthy of, if we're going to build monuments to, 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 to denote, uh, you know, battlegrounds, to say, hey, they fought, this is what happened, here's the information. I don't have a problem with that, but these monuments to their leaders, no, God, no. Do you think that, that, Poland has a a, a a statue of Adolf Hitler in it, saying "Here stood the man that." No, but I'm not gonna re I, I'm not gonna rehash that. I just want to make the point that this isn't a new argument. It's not new, and there isn't gonna be this sweeping removal of, say, the founding fathers. We can all agree. We all should be able to agree that this is not heritage. It was not put up right after the Civil War to say hey, this is what. I, no, it was put up years later during Jim Crow to intimidate black people and tell black people, "Hey, listen, niggers, you're still niggers, and we'll never see you as equals." Now, not every American believes that, and I think that the majority of the country is past past that. I think they were okay with each other. There are still some cultural differences that will that that will divide us until we begin to actually, you know commune with one another fellowship with one another that'll that divide will be there because there's a divide amongst country black folk and city black folk there's a divide among rich there's always going to be that that divide amongst the cultures i just didn't say always i would hope that one day we move past that but this racial divide there's still a lot of racists in america but there's a lot there we move a lot of us aren't anymore the majority of us are not anymore there's a lot of us there's still millions of them of whites that still have a, this hatred toward blacks for no reason other than because they're black. And they want to hold on to this heritage because to them, it, it, you're taking away the symbol, their symbols of power. They're symbols of white supremacy. This heritage argument is nonsense. It is utter nonsense. Because I guarantee those same people are going to say, well, the Democratic Party hated the, hated the slaves and they didn't, they're not good for niggers. But they're going to look at their own history and say, no, it's heritage. It's heritage. But that heritage is full of hate. And they were, they were erected at a time to intimidate black folks. And it's time to take this crap down. It's not, it's not up for debate with me. 
It is not. Do I, do I think they should be put in a museum somewhere? Yes. Here are the statues that white, that white supremacists erected to, to honor more white supremacists, and here they are. And this is what they were, and this is why they put them up. Tell the whole truth. Just like we need to start dealing with the truth about Christopher Columbus. That fool never even stepped foot in America. We got cities and, and towns and colleges and streets named after this fool. We got a holiday for this fool. Yes, he was a fool. This dude was dumb and violent and murderous and rapey. Speaking of rapey, Anthony Weiner in May pleaded, he's 53, by the way, he pleaded fit, guilty to, to one charge of transferring obscene material to a minor. In addition to the prison term, uh, Weiner also was sentenced to three years to supervise release. He was sentenced to 20 months in, in federal prison for sexting with a minor. Uh, George Denise Code of the Southern District of New York stated that Weiner's sentence carried more importance because of his previous political career. Because of the defendant's notoriety, there is an intense interest in the defendant's plea and sentence, Coates said in court. It could make the difference in lives and is a very significant part of his sentence. She added, this is a serious crime that deserves serious punishment. Weiner, the, Weiner, the estranged husband of oh, uh, Huma Abedin, Hillary Clinton's former advisor, cried when the sentence was handed down. We are... Of course, disappointed that Anthony was sentenced to prison, particularly so given that Judge Cope found that the that the treatment program Anthony had engaged in for the past year was showing great promise and should be continued. Weiner's attorney, uh, Arlo Devin Brown, said in the statement, Judge Cope, Judge Cope reasoned that because of Anthony's notoriety, a sentence of imprisonment could discourage others from following his footsteps. We certainly hope this public service message is received, but it has resulted in a punishment more severe than it had to be given, I'm sorry, it resulted in the punishments more severe than it had to be given the unusual facts of the case. So Anthony Weiner has been sentenced 21 months of prison time due to him sending inappropriate stuff to the little teenage girl, um, and deservingly so. And because of his notoriety, she said, we're going to have to be a little harsh with you, man, because, you know, you because of notoriety. I like this judge. I like this judge. Uh, typically, people in his in his position of power and connect and kind of connections uh, are given light sentences. They're given slaps on the wrist. Don't do it again, because you know that uh, that affluenza makes them do what they do, and they just don't know to, to follow rules. Because for most of their life, they've been affluent and didn't have to follow rules. So if that makes any freaking sense, in any event. That's our show. That's my show. Uh, I thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, this political conversation continues 24-7, 365 on the line in my Facebook group, Penny's Politics. You can also continue to, 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 to talk to me on the Twitter at, at Penny Sikora or email me, Penny at IUNewsTalk.com. Tune in next week, Tuesday, as we continue the con political conversation, as always, right here in this same IU News Network. Uh, also, I remind you to tune in tomorrow to the flagship show, IU Radio Network Live with host Monica RW. Thank you guys for listening. You all be safe and pray and do for Puerto Rico in the up and coming days. I really, I really hope that, th that, they, that they get through this. Thank you guys for listening. Goodbye.